Just a big old fat ass. <laughs> it's like a like you know how the they get the Brazilian butt lifts the women now. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking terrible. It just looks like a loaded diaper. Yeah, it does. And these women are on there like their asses starting at the middle with their back, and they're like, "Look yeah. how hot I look!" Like, no, yeah. you look like dog shit. I like a gal with a big ass that looks like she does fucking farm work for half the day. And I the like- rest of the time, she's got a child on each hip. Just carrying shit around. I like throwing oats over her shoulder. Shit like that. Big muscular legs is something I like. Especially calf muscles. Like I'm that's a oddly enough, I've started I got a critique on my calves, so oh, I started no. so I started uh like obsessively doing them. Who who critiqued you? What <laughs> what son of a bitch? It wasn't it wasn't mean. It was just <laughs> um but I, I rediscovered how strong my fucking calves are. It's mm-hmm. unreal. Like, I can stack the fucking leg press machine with, like, 600 pounds and do 15 reps. Of yeah. the, just the calf mm-hmm. raises? I used to be able to, on the standing one, I would put 1,000 pounds on it. God damn. And do, you know, 10. It's just one of the... and the, my What was ca- the critique of your calves? Did they say they were small? small. I don't think your calves are small. Well, you guys got big calves, and we could talk about this for an hour and a half. What's that? J-Mo. Yeah, the biggest fucking calf I've ever seen. <laughs> no, my stepdad Harry. He looked like he he had Dorian Yates calves and never. I mean, I mean he golfed a lot. He was, he was active. Jamo's calves are as big around as a thin woman's waist. <laughs> Does he have cankles? He, he no no <laughs> no it, it tapers perfectly down yeah. to the foot. And they're just they're bigger than my calves. It's genetic. And I was four hundred pounds for quite a while. Right, and they're bigger than mine. That's just like, that's genetic. Wow, that's yeah. some big ass calves, this motherfucker. And they're not fat; they're just big old calves. Mine are never going to be big like that, but they're like diamond shaped, and it's just a really stubborn muscle for me because because they are so strong. Like when you have a small muscle group that's strong to get it to stimulate it is fucking murder. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing, I go up, I, I put like every forty five they got in the gym on the fucking thing and then stack another 35 and then another 10 and then I put another you know five on it today could you do lightweight and like a thousand reps so that's what I do I start with that really heavy I do 15 I do that for a few times so I can't do it anymore then I take weight off do that take weight off do that take weight then I do them with body weight at the end I mean it's a, a calf workout take an hour you know by, by themselves so it's just not worth it well you wear I'm, pants all the time anyway <laughs> <laughs> Um, Johnny Bones Jones has a little bit bigger oh, calves now. Yeah, a little bit bigger. They're as big as this fucking rail right here on the. I mean, that's a that's a uh, symptom of uh, of the black physique is that they have no calves. Like yeah. even bodybuilders, like they get nuked when it comes to they have to build up other things and try to build those as well as they can. Now there are exceptions, mm-hmm. you know, but not very often. So, um. I guess I can talk about that in, in favorite things. It was uh, the fights. It was pretty crazy. We'll get to that later. Let's play the theme song, shall we? Great. Boom. Theme song's playing. Everybody's having a good time. People at home are dancing. Sure are. I see Jake Paul is, keeps on creating things while he lost. We hadn't even discussed that really. I mean, we discussed it a little bit. We touched on it. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. I just know it pops across my timeline on Twitter or whatever. Jake Paul lost. Uh, He's just a cunt, and he just finally got got it handed to him, and he's such a privileged kid that 
you can tell he was never denied anything because now he's, well, he's lost. Been famous since he was ten. That's years what I'm old, saying. Yeah. Now he's been denied something. Instead of working through it, he's trying to create reasons why he lost. You know, just like accept the loss something, and move forward and be a better something boxer. Something happened with him and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, they almost got into a fight. Ago. Yeah, but Floyd Mayweather had 25 guys when they were going to jump on him. I was just like, why don't you just fight a one-on-one? If I was Floyd Fuck Mayweather, it. I would always have 25 guys with me. Because you know those guys, they want to try out. like, And then they have guys with them. And I'm not trying to get in any fucking street fights if I'm Floyd Mayweather. I'm yeah, I guess. But I just wipe my ass with money and... Smoke cigars that are rolled with money. And uh, he gets on my fucking Drive my so car bad. that's made, made of money. money. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of uh, gas, it, it runs on quarters. Yeah. He's got a quarter, like the little slot in the old arcade games. He's got a guy that tink, that's his job tink, to just load it up. Tink. He's, he, he, he's on like a, he, he's on a skateboard right beside holding on. Tink, 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 tink. His watch, the, the watches, I mean, that's, that's one thing i don't get the most obscene and stupid uses of money you know i I don't i i don't understand it i i would never if i had that kind of money i would just feel dumb spending money on all that shit like nobody gives a fuck man nobody really cares and the people who do care who would you care about you know like it's Oh, he's awesome. Like, well, you're a dumb shit who doesn't understand that there's a thing between there's a there's a difference between class and none. And you know, like Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. Bo Jackson at his height had all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. And he dressed to the nines and was looked really nice and was always understated. And Mr. Beast. Yeah. Mr. Beast is a guy that's getting attacked for um paying for the surgeries of like I don't know how many it was. So I'm just going to say a thousand people to get their eyesight back and people are attacking him. Why? I don't know. And it's, it's because he made a video out of it instead of just doing it. Well, okay. But here's the thing. He also this week did a thing where he donated 20,000 pairs of shoes to kids in mm-hmm. Africa. Nice. And people are mad about that because he's making content out of it. But when, by making content out of it and getting the views, he says it brings in more money so I can do more things like that. That actually is a really good idea. That and it, it might inspire other people to do that. Type that is of thing. a catch 22 when it comes to all charity is uh, anonymous. Would you rather him not do it? Exactly. Because he could not do it. No, 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 no. I would, yeah. I'm one of those you, people. Not yeah. you. Yeah. But I'm saying I usually think that a charity should be anonymous. But in that in that catch-22 and in that case, yes, good for him. Because that gets him more money that he's able to turn around and use. I've never Great watched idea. a Mr. Beast video. But I don't even know who he is. He's the biggest YouTuber. Yeah. The biggest YouTuber. He does these insane things. So he's like a billionaire or some shit. Yeah. And he was, he's been on it from the jump. In 2006, he was doing shit on YouTube. That's crazy. And just worked his way up. And maybe I should start watching his shit because everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. And except for the people that are attacking him right. for making 10,000 people see again just because he made content. Socialism. Socialism. What, what it is, is it's a lot of these socialist celebrities that are attacking him for it. And it's because they're seeing that you don't need the state to do things. You can do it. You, right. you can fucking um, take a million dollars because you have it and give it to people instead of being compelled. Instead of just sitting there preaching socialism, but having a $200,000 car, million dollar mansion. Exactly. Like, and is that the, really And then they say, well, this is the way society is. I can't just not participate in society. Well, you could put your money where your mouth is. And instead of 
instead of wanting the state to do all this stuff, you could start. But I'm sure be the change you want to see in the world. But I'm sure there's celebrities out there that follow what I think. I'm sure George Clooney. Oh, yeah. George Clooney seems what be one of those guys. He probably donates a fuck ton to charity and does a bunch of things, but you never would know it because he's not going to fucking crow about it. Um, he just strikes you, me as that kind of guy. Rogan is a guy that um, he'll never say anything about it, but his friends will on other podcasts. They'll say mm. uh, one of these one of the comics at the comedy store um, got in a car wreck and hospital, all this stuff, and Rogan just footed the bill for everything. Mm-hmm. And never mentions it. That's awesome. And good that, for that's him. that's good. Um, so many people want him to fail too. It's I know unreal. it's so weird. It's so fucking dumb. His curiosity is what gets him because he's like, "Oh, there's a guy that thinks the moon is flat." Not let's have him on. See what he's <laughs> see what he's talking about. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I want to know why he. It's thinks all that. interesting. I mean, he has people I disagree with, like that one guy with the you know that the all the theories about history. I'm just like, ah, uh, man, there's no Graham evidence. Hancock. Yeah, there's no evidence about. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Things I've, I've, I've seen the evidence, and it's 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 shoddy at best. You know, it's like. <sighs> There's this whole it's something that's scaring me is this phenomenon I'm phenomenon phenomenon is that I'm seeing is people are changing history to suit modern mores and if you step in front of it and say that's not right then you're lambasted and called a, a bigot and stuff like that that's happening so that is a a piece of this whole thing where people want to change history to suit their suit their needs and 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 what their beliefs are and they don't like you know and i don't know graham hancock isn't that but i'm talking about it's a general move towards this thing that history is fluid it isn't it is facts and figures it is black and white now as discoveries happen you can change well i think that's what graham hancock is doing discovering things (laughs) i mean they found a place that's older than anything Uh, go back beckley tepe that's older than anything has like these intricate carvings that hunter gatherers could not have done. And yeah, but who's, who, who, who says that? I mean, that's, that's a matter of opinion. Well, yeah, but it's all a matter of opinion. You know, that's fair. That's going, a, going back that far. Right. It's all a matter okay, of opinion. That's, that's fair. But I mean, we've been told for as long as we can remember that the pyramids were built by slaves and that is absolutely not true. It isn't. That isn't true. It's built by skilled, skilled craftsmen. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, but not to say there probably weren't slaves involved in the, in sure. the process. I'm sure. The grunt work had to be done by slaves. Yeah. But like what kind of grunt work were they doing to get those? There had to be something to stack those giant boulders as big as my, not boulders, blocks, I guess, as big as my house on top of each other. Well, it's like Stonehenge and the, um, and the Celtic peoples, you know, they, you know, there is this rush to say, well, we can't figure out how to do that, so ancient people must not be able to do that. That's no. unfair at best. Like, there is evidence that some of the South American tribes had glider technology. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, some of the things that are seen from way above, they're like... They could map things out. Right. Yeah. So, you know, not no hard evidence yet. It'd be more like along the lines of Grant Hancock, Graham Hancock. You know, some evidence pointing to that. Um, and I think that's interesting, and I'm not willing to rule it out. I'm not saying it's garbage, but some people are willing to ascribe to garbage history oh, yeah, because Cleopatra was black. Well, that type of thing. That uh, you know, I, I've had all all kinds of you know, both Eurocentric and Afrocentric history is nonsense. Eurocentrics believe that the Egyptians were white. They were not white. They're Egyptians. Afrocentrics believe that the Egyptians were black. They were not black. They're Egyptian. You know, it's this whole group. You know. And they and they and they're and they're battling each other to watch these two groups of bigots go at it in these 
fucking comment boards is so entertaining sometimes, but also so disheartening because they believe in such horseshit and they, and they have no evidence to back it. You know, the white people saying that white, like you got somebody like that fucking dumb shit who got, who gets punched all the time. He shouldn't get be getting punched. Richard Spencer. Yeah. Saying that white people, you know, are responsible for everything. That's, that's absurd. You know, the people in Iraq and stuff like that who who helped create civilization are not white. That's kind of what they accuse Graham Hancock of. He never says it's white people or aliens or anything. He just says his thing is he he believes and he th- he believes that the evidence shows. I don't know. I just watch the things that I'm fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. Is th- that civilizations have been advanced in their own ways, and then cataclysms happen, and Everything goes back to shit. back to zero. I mean, there's a reason why the pyramids in Mexico, South America. Central and South America. Central and South America look a lot like some of the ones over in Turkey or wherever. Well, but part of those reasons is is because people are going to, even though they're different, you know, subgroups of people, I guess you'd say, they, they have a different color, even though they're exactly the same, are going to think in almost exactly the same ways. They're going to construct things mm-hmm. that are going to be the most structurally sound because that's going to occur, occur to a human being. You know, we all think similarly. You know, Now, there are going to be social things that change different groups, cultural things that change different groups. But when it comes right down to brass tacks, we all think pretty much the same. You know what I watched last night? What? Braveheart. It's good. You know how it's historically massively, oh, massively sure inaccurate it is? Sure they were not, not wearing well. kilts at that point. Yeah. Um, but it was... Uh, oh, it's a great movie. Man. I haven't seen it since I was 15, probably. Really? Yeah. Dad was a big... He was. He loved the epics. He loved Dance with Wolves. He loved... Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, maybe. Um, I don't know if Unforgiven will be considered an epic, but uh, Braveheart, uh, all those... No, it's a Western, but it's a very All epic those movie. big movies like mm-hmm. that, he loved them and... Um, he would watch uh, Braveheart, and I hadn't seen it since then. Mm. And it's fucking good. It is. It, it really is, is so fucking good when they're pulling up their kilts and shaking their assholes <laughs> and, and all the different battle plans. I know that they probably didn't do a lot of that. Uh, I think actually some of the battle battle plans are accurate, but I don't think that where you they know, stood in the line waiting for the horses to get to Battle them. Sterling. And that was they, the Battle Sterling. And then they dropped the or Falkirk. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, and pulled up the pikes yeah. there. I don't know how they did that in 1990, probably three, whenever they filmed this. Mm-hmm. And they didn't kill the horse. <laughs> well, it's all camera tricks. It's like on the, yeah. uh, it's like on Lord of the Rings. You know, one of the reasons they're able to make uh, all the hobbits look short is because they're sitting farther away from the camera. Yeah. So if you really know, well, look, you can see it, but I choose not to. One of the things that bothers me though is that their their size seems to be relative to the to the scene. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, Sam is almost as tall as his pony. Like, shouldn't he be way down here? <laughs> and I'm just like, I love it so much, I don't even care. Um, um, yeah, it was a dope movie. The the Bruce, Robert the Bruce, I think. Yeah. Uh, they called their kings Bruce back then, I guess. No, it was uh, the Earl of Bruce. I think it was in the land from which they held from. Um, I think. I'm not quite sure. I need to look. I mean. And... Um, I thought it was dope. Celtic I hadn't seen it in such a long time. Celtic history is fascinating because it's like you have these people, like especially to our modern sensibilities, where white people are just white people. Mm-hmm. But back then, and it's even it's even relevant today. These are far different groups of people. You know, they have different experiences. They have different. You know, like the, a Roman in a lot of ways. Bef- well, before first contact with the Celts, those two groups of people could not have been any more different. You know, and then. 
you know, and then they get homogenized and be. See, what, I'm against that. I believe that the destruction of languages, cultures, and all that stuff in the in the service of something milk toast and bland is a fucking travesty. You know, which is a lot of what we have. Definitely in, in our mainstream entertainment. We're lucky right. here in Appalachia because we're def, we're definitely a, a distinct eth, not ethnic cultural group that almost bleeds into being an ethnic group. Yeah, I mean, we're descended from those same Celtic. We peoples. have our own language. We do have our own culture. We have. Have you, you know, seen Little Bubby Child? No, <laughs> Little Bubby Child is um, one of the better representations of like Appalachian comedy in the world. I would say. Okay, and it's just a little Twitter account. Let me find um, Little Bubby Child. All right, here's the profile pic for Little Bubby Child. See him there. Okay, little kid with a mullet and. He just posts memes like this. Says, Mama hardly spent half hour up there at the flea market and come home with a sack of beanie bears and a Prince William ashtray. I told her that plum impressed me because uh, a lot of what's there is pure junk. <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> That's uh, pretty good. My great, my great uncle was the first old boy that had the ideal to turn a bathtub into a group urinal. They said... <laughs> They said it could never be done. He always did have beautiful mind. That and did. <laughs> that is, and he's. There's other characters. There's like the goth redneck. People keep going on about this '90s nostalgia mess. I tell them, come on down to my town. '90s ain't never went nowhere. I'll cheer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little lovey. It's child. pretty good. It's funny like shit. It. Um, I like the fact that. See a lot of what they poke, poke fun at <laughs> when they're making fun of Appalachia, and a lot of things are. Positives like they say the the rope belt, you know you can't even afford a rope belt. I was like, that's improvisation on the fly. Yeah. I can't. I got to keep my pants up. Give me that. I'm going to change it. I'm going to fix it. I've done it before with well, uh, zip ties. Well, I've done it before with uh, fucking twine. You yeah. know, I mean a literal. You know, my 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 button broke, so I said, give me a piece of that twine. I tie it, and people are like, you know, even people from here are like, man, that's really hillbilly. I'm like, it gets the fucking job yeah. done. So. It's like called rigging. It's like, where the fuck are you at? Jerry rigging. Yeah. It can also be called something else. <laughs> it shouldn't. No. <laughs> um, no, but it's, uh, you know, Appalachian people have a lot of positive qualities, a lot of negative qualities. Well, just like any other culture. But our resilience, um, kindness, one of the most kind groups of people on the planet. But that, that deep-seated toughness, man. Washington had a quote. I'm going to try to find it. When he was talking about West Virginians. Um, Before we were West Virginia? Well, yes. Washington. Scots. Irish. Quote. It was way too late when I realized that the Appalachian Mountains are the ones that run through Ireland and Scotland. Yeah. Because it used to be Pangea. Yeah. It was way too late it that created, I realized that. I know. It's, it's created such a... Such a similar culture. Here it is. Um, Marshall rec- records the far-seeing contribution of the Scots-Irish Ulster Scots in the struggle for American independence with George Wa- John George Washington reportedly stating, if defeated el- everywhere else, I will make my last stand for liberty amongst the Scotch-Irish of my native Virginia. That's West Virginia. These, There's a thing, a, a the Ulster-Irish, which we're descended from, um, have this saying called born fighting. They were, they're a group of people that are in one of the most hotly contested war torn places on the, on, on the planet. That is also beautiful, you know, Northern Ireland and, and, you know, places like that. And, and 
all these groups of people contributed to the rise of this group of people. You know, there's aspects of the Vikings in them. There's aspects of the the Scots, the Gales, the Irish. You know, all these different Danes. groups. Um, the well, Danes the Danes are Vikings. Vikings. Um, you know, all these different groups. There was a group of uh, Scottish Viking warriors called the Galloglass who were fucking. Sounds awesome. They're fucking terrifying. Like everybody was, you know, they're, they're huge. They could fight, and they're just incredibly resilient. You know. I think that sometimes, you know, we have become so soft as a group that we've forgotten our warrior past sometimes. And I think that it's okay to embrace it, you know, to be like, hey, this is what we used to be. If we dig deep enough, it's still in there, you know. And I think that every group of people should embrace their tribal past. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's an awesome thing, you know. Um, when they're finally able to pinpoint uh, where where exactly black people are from in Africa, I think they should seek out the tribe that they're from and Learn about them. Learn about that culture, and and then you you know you have and people still do that. The Italians, the Irish, the Chinese, you know, they all have their own little towns. And they still celebrate their native culture. People say that well, that's you know separating us. It isn't if you look at it as a, as a beautiful part patchwork of a of a whole, not as in we're superior. That's where you get into trouble. We're this, so we're superior to you. That's fucking stupid. Nobody's superior to anybody. Yeah, as long so, as you're not trying to keep people out from your stupid little parade. Exactly. Or, you know, we have the Vandalia Festival in Charleston. You would love that. You should go. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're not keeping people that aren't of that lineage mm-hmm. out. They're like, everybody come look at this weird shit that we used to be like. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It goes, there's uh, Irish folk dancing. There's mm-hmm. um, people playing traditional old Irish and Scottish music. It's crazy how much that inf- influences West Virginia culture. Oh, God. I mean, because we're the- It's bluegrass. We're the Appalachia of Appalachia. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're the we're the hard, hard center of that whole culture. So, you know, that old Scots-Irish, you know, frontier people, you know, Native American tribes, in large part, didn't try to make a go of it here very much because it's really harsh land to live on. You know, it's very, it's, it's, there's not a lot of arable land. Even if it is, it's on the side of a fucking hill. They were smart enough to understand, hey, this place is going to be rough. Won't we go elsewhere? We came over here and <laughs> yeah. we were like, fuck yeah, dude, look at this. <laughs> it's just like home. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's black rocks in there we can burn. Let's holler and by cave. Jimmy, there were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we'll holler out a cave and fucking have a good time here, man. Fuck this. Yeah. Fuck the English. Yeah, they're like, hey, go fight the Indians for us. Sure. Get off the boat. Fuck those guys. We're just- <laughs> I'll hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. They did. There was a lot of cross-cultural, both sharing and destruction between those two groups. A lot of what happened, um, there's stories about it, and I'm pretty sure they're true. Um, women would be, women and children would be taken captive by the natives, and they'd have them for a while, and when it whenever a negotiation was reached or whatever, and they were t- gave, came time to give the women and children back to the uh, people. They didn't want to go back. They didn't want to go back. Uh, that's happened more, more. Yeah, that was a very common occurrence. There are cases of, we've got like Simon Gertie, look him up. He, uh, he was of course, Irish, you know, extraction. His dad was an abusive fuck. And then he was taken in by the, the Shawnee, I think, or the Seneca. I can't remember. Um, one of the, is it Guthrie Gertie? Looking up Gertie. Simon Gertie. Okay, I spelled it wrong. American soldier, but he doesn't look American. No, well, he looks Native American. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Simon Gertie was an American-born frontiersman, soldier, and interpreter from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, who served as a liaison between the British and their Indian allies during the American Revolution. Yeah. Died in eighteen eighteen. 
Essex. He died in 1818? Yeah. 1741 to 1818. Yeah, he was he was old for that time. Um, he was feared even among the Native Americans for being a just absolutely incredibly canny battle technic, uh, battle tactician. He was like uh, he was hated. The the white people hated him. The colonists, you know, the the American quote unquote Americans hated him because they considered him a renegade. And he was just like, um, we came here alone. We lived here alone. We were taken in by people who loved us. What do we owe you? We don't owe you shit. You know so. And there was Simon Kenton, who was a frontiersman. Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. But but again, when you have all these, one thing that all those guys have in common, the frontiers guys, nearly all of them, Scots Irish, all of them. Daniel Boone, Simon Kenton, Simon Gertie. You know, they're all from that group of people. The very adaptable, tough. Tribal in their own right, you know what I mean? And that's why they were able to adapt and become so good at living places. I, I've always said that when it comes to war, so good at living places. I'm writing that down. Yeah, and so good at killing in places. I mean, it's like in in war, um, we were so skilled and and still are skilled at it because we can adapt to nearly any place and, and learn how to fight in it. I mean, we we're fighting in the jungles and beating people who are jungle fighters. You know, it's just the Japanese were used to places like that. You fucked know? them up, and we yeah. I mean, you had, and there weren't, you know, it was Americans, but there was a lot of, you know, that, that fighting spirit behind them is very Scots-Irish. I mean, it's, you know, even some people I don't like very much are Scots-Irish. Andrew Jackson, uh, he's, he was, you know, came from that lineage. You know, it's very interesting stuff. There's lots, there's lots of books about it. So one of my favorite scenes in, uh, in Braveheart was, uh, when the Irish feller came up, started talking shit, Stephen, and he was like, "So if I join up with you, do I get to kill Englishmen?" Yeah, <laughs> he's like insane Irish, and he takes out, he sticks that knife to us, like smart enough to get a knife through your guards, old man. <laughs> yeah, that was he's old like, Gior Mormon. You're a, you're a madman. He's just oh, like Gior Mormon. I loved it. He, the, best quote is, been old. the best quote is, uh, no, he's talking to the guy. He's just like, are you talking to the Almighty? You're talking to your father. He's just like, he's like, <laughs> to speak to his equal, an Irishman is forced to talk to God, to answer the fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I know you would love that line, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the movie 50 times. So. I think I might watch Dances with Wolves next. It's a great one, man. It's a great movie. I wonder how historically accurate that is. Um, I, I really don't know. It, it does something that Hollywood has done until recent years is they have quote unquote good Indians versus bad Indians. Yeah, and that's yeah. not fair. Like the Pawnee were no more bloodthirsty or anything than Lakota. I mean, it's just, that's not a thing. They were equally, no, I mean, they're warrior peoples. They're going to have savagery about them. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about he's a savage. I'm talking about savagery in war, mm -hmm. like any group can have. But that's unfair to pigeonhole them as bad because they were against your interests and not willing to. They, in, in, in a sense, if you look at it, they're the good ones because they're like, we don't want you fuckers here. You take everything, you know. So I feel fairly certain that they cast uh, Italians as natives in this movie. or What? In, in Dance with the Wolves? No. There's at least one. No, there isn't. The woman. I remember the woman. The white woman who does the. She's white. Is she? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, Mary McDonald. Hmm. Okay. No, they're all like they actually West Studi right and you know uh, there's a 
Dennis uh, Russell Means is in it, who's one of the leaders of the American Indian Movement. I didn't get. I need to have Amanda send me that picture. When we were in the Native American Museum, the Indian they still call it the American Indian Museum. They have an American Indian Movement drum in there. That's pretty. Uh, cool. And I got my picture taken next to it. Yeah. Um, I know we like to say Native Americans, but they don't mind the. I know. I mean, it's it's just a by, by habit now. I mean, they really yeah, don't it's, care. It, even though they don't care, it's still kind of rude. Well, some of them don't care, and some of them some it, of them do. Yeah, it's like this thing where people trying to make you argument. Well, they don't care about the Redskins. That's on. And I was just like, I got into that argument again with somebody the other day, and I just got done talking to this guy who works at the plant. He's a Native American guy, follows the old ways. Great guy, man. It was a really cool conversation because he kind of looked at me. The more stuff I said, and he kind of looked at me. He said, "You know a lot about that." I was like, "Well, I read a lot, and I was, you know, all this stuff." And we I wouldn't say we've become friends yet because we're not around each other much, but. Anymore, we probably would end up being friends, and uh, we had that discussion. And he said, "Yeah, that's a slam dunk. That's a that is a t- t- dictionary defined ethnic slur." So, well, why do people have a problem with it? And the people who have a problem with it always call who don't have a problem with it always call in the same thing. Well, they've interviewed Native Americans. No, they interviewed self-identifying Native Americans yeah. who usually aren't Native American. Yeah, it's Liz the same ass. Well, it's the same asshole. Yeah. But it's the same asshole who says, "Oh, well, my grandmother was a my great grandmother was a full blooded Cherokee princess," and it's like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah, that's not a real thing. It's they have no royalty. So, isn't a Cherokee? Isn't that like a sort of like a UN for? It's, that's not a real Cherokee. Is not like a real tribe. No, it's a it? tribe. Okay, I but was, they're part of a, a greater whole. I okay. can't remember. You have the Iroquois League, and then you have the. Uh, there's different. Uh, there was a com- the Iroquois Confederation, and then there was like all these different, different groups part of them. It's really fascinating stuff because it's almost mythic, you know, the way they because they they are a, still an oral people. They you know they talk about stuff from the past, and they you know and and they talk about how these different groups of people came together. And you know, it's not that fanciful really, but to them, it's it's history. So. It's I've I've read so much about it, not as much as I should have though. I'm getting ready to. I've just found a book again uh, about Red Cloud. I'm getting ready to read it, and that's another one who they called him and Sitting Bull the Washington Redskins because hmm. they went and signed a bunch of treaties trying to save their people, and then and then uh, they called them sellouts. So they called huh. them, they called them the Washington Redskins, and that might be where they got the name. For the I think that's part of it as well. That's rude. As a matter of fact, now that I think about the depiction. On the helmet, the old one, the man, dude, it's really shitty. When you look at it, um, it looks kind of like Red Cloud, in my opinion. Let me look up Red Cloud. Um, Sitting Bull had a much more broad face. Sitting Bull was a big dude, um, evidenced by his name. Um, it does look like Red Cloud, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I always say the worst thing we ever did to the Native Americans is breed in the uh, the gene for male pattern baldness. Yeah, those poor bastards. Um, Such hair. I, but speaking of that, the other day I'm I'm walking through. It looks just like it. It really does. It really does, dude. I've got that picture on the cover of my book. It's uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but I can't wait to read it. Um, I mean, yeah. How people can't see that for what it is. It's always really obnoxious white people who have to count. First and ten, first and ten, first and ten. <laughs> no, but it's always that same group of really hardcore right white people who have to, you know, t- 
talk shit about that and be like, that doesn't, <laughs> that's where they got it from, right? Exactly. There. That doesn't even offend them. It's like, according to who? How many Native Americans do you actually know? And I'm not talking about Native, people who have Native American blood who are just white. I'm talking about people who follow the old ways and think that, you know what I mean? People like me. Well, you, yes. I mean, it's like a girl I was engaged to. She was straight Native American, but she used to say it all the time. I identify as white. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, it's that's definitely him. It's definitely him. Um, the fuck, dude! <laughs> it's really fucking. God, it's so obvious. Uh, um, no, I, I forget what I was saying. Uh, a girl used oh, to date. Well, identified as white. Yeah, and she wouldn't even discuss such things with me. She's like, I don't like talking about. It. I was like, okay. Um, but uh, then I was I walked through Sonoka the other day and looked down the paper, and Sissonville had won. Something or lost something, and their mascot is a fucking caricature Indian sitting with a with a, with a, a bottle full, with the X. It doesn't even it's not even a person. It's a fucking person in a, in a costume with the big head and everything. I'm like what the fuck, guys? Are you what is this? You know, you can still do that on a local level. I guess you can, but it's fucking terrible. <laughs> God, <laughs> eh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Well, the the town I lived in in Ohio, they were the Red Men, and they're those people are never going to give that up. They will fight that tooth and nail. They were, you know, it's just they even changed Syracuse's name from the Orangemen just to the Orange, and I never knew Orangemen was like a a term for engines. I didn't know it was either. I thought the Orangemen were from the Spartans. Yeah, that's what I kind of what I thought. But they changed it to the Orange, and now they're just an Orange, I guess. <laughs> The orange. Syracuse orange. They suck. I hate their uniforms and everything. I always liked their their uniforms in football. Yep. I always hated them, and I hate playing them in basketball because they're stupid goddamn cowardly zone defense. <laughs> God, I hate that it works. Let's see. Auto the orange. It's not giving me anything. Hmm. Origins of Orange. Okay. Orange been historically supporters of William of Orange, members of the modern Orange Order, also known as Orange Institution, a Protestant fraternal organization. Yeah. I doubt that's what they named the stupid college after. I don't know. It's just a, it's a weak. It's a very weak mascot. The greatest fucking mascot ever is the Wolverines. That's the Wolverines the is great. Coolest. Mountaineers is great. Badgers isn't bad. Badgers pretty tough. Yeah. Um, Eagles. Tigers, evidenced by the fact that everybody fucking uses it. Yeah, Tigers. Uh, many, There's like three SEC teams. Yeah, I was getting right. Well, let's see. LSU. LSU. Auburn. Auburn. Miss Bulldogs. That's Mississippi State. Uh, uh, Georgia. Louisiana. No, Georgia's Bulldogs too. I'm right. stupid. Um, <laughs> Missouri. Missouri's Tigers, they're also in the SEC now. Um, Memphis? Memphis. I think they're in the SEC now, too, aren't they? No, not in SEC. Memphis, Sun I is the Tigers. They are the Tigers, but they, they might have been in Sun Belt. So they're in, in one of those smaller mm. on-their-way-up conferences. Yeah. Um, I think they got inducted, though, if I'm not mistaken. How many college? Oh, God. It'll be hundreds. Memphis Tigers. It's the second most common nickname only to the Eagles. Louisiana State, Auburn, Tennessee State, and 43 other NCAA teams. Clemson is the Tigers. Princeton. 
Who's the best Tigers? Detroit. They had Cecil Fielder. Who's the best? Who's the best college team to hold college the, football to hold tigers. the? Who are the best college football Tigers? Recently, it's been Clemson. Before that, it was LSU. Auburn. Auburn. I always liked Auburn. Yeah. Cadillac. Williams. I love their colors, man. They're, Bo Jackson. I love their fucking the the. Yeah, the, the logo. It's the yeah, fucking coolest. I like I like the color combination of orange and navy blue. Huh. They're in the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, the AAC. I believe that used to be the Big East. They're well, still Big East basketball. Uh, East Carolina, I think. East Georgia Carolina, Southern. Uh, Georgia Southern. Coastal Carolina. Buffalo. Utah State. Man, I love college football. I really need, I need, but I think college football, made as we so, know, is over. They've made it. They've made it to where I don't. It's the NFL Junior. It's yeah, I just want to watch the Mountaineers, and I'm not even that interested in them anymore. I want us to play the teams that we should be playing. It should never be a plane ride to go play your right. your team, the team that you're supposed to be playing. We should have been in the SEC. I don't care what anybody says. We're a well, good, we're a good fit in the '80s. Uh, Paterno and Nealon and quite a few other people were trying to form a conference that would have had us, Penn State, Pitt, Ohio State, um, Virginia, Man. Tech. It would just be, be a good fucking conference. It'd be a great conference, but, and it's a fucking bus ride everywhere you want to go. But Ohio State would never leave the Big Ten. I know. I mean, because they'd have to give up Michigan. I know. So... It it just be such a these are the teams we should be playing every year home and home called the Allegheny Conference something like that yeah it'd be so good for college it'd be good for the region and now I don't care about freaking Iowa State man I, don't, I, I don't wish give, them no I don't ill give a fuck will. about any of them I mean I love that we played Pitt this year I love that we played Tech we're gonna hold the Black Diamond Trophy until the end of time possibly because we might never play them again unless we right. meet in a bowl game all right. It's just it sucks so bad because it used to be so fun. Do you ever go back and just take a day where you lay on the couch and watch old Mountaineer football? Not recently, but I, I do. Have. I do that. <laughs> like pretend it's that time period and fucking. You got to come down and see the fucking uh, the downstairs living room. You talk about a fucking lounge area. I got a big leather fucking lazy boy to sit in now. Oh, that's gonna be so nice in the summer. Giant fucking TV, seventy inch TV. Um, nice love seat. All kinds of chairs. I'm going to see if we can't get a uh, take the love seat and move it somewhere else and get a, just a great big couch. That would be the fucking best. So, Hell yeah. That way I can sleep out there when I want to. <laughs> Although You're I've quit. couch sleeping. No, 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 I'm not anymore. I sleep in a bed every night. Getting into beds, huh? Mm-hmm. This new bed thing. Have you heard about it? I'm trying it out. <laughs> well, I've got two now to choose from. We've got the one room I'm in now, but then the other room's made up and ready to go, too. So I just got to decorate it. So... Everything's pretty much done. It's just the cleanup now. What so. led to the couch sleeping? I don't know. Just started. And, like, yeah. This ain't bad. I'll just keep doing Well, it. because it was where the TV was. I and, I, and I just sleep with the TV on. And I, that's still a thing, but I've noticed that when the TV turns off, I dream. So that means that I'm sleeping more deeply when the TV's off. So trying to... I bought a mask that had like speakers in it. It's a complete piece of shit. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I thought it was going to be good, and then only one of them works. I'm like, I paid twenty dollars for this fucking thing, so I bought a new pair of uh, earbuds. I've got my 
good old sturdy man those fucking anchor earbuds are the fucking shit dude that those ones i've got are still fucking going hmm. they've got paint on them they've been exposed to the fucking heat on the, on the furnace like right up in the furnace and have not failed hmm. and then i bought a, the the pro version of those because and then i have <laughs> i found another <laughs> like i've got four pairs of earbuds now <laughs> and one of them is the sport kind that are uh, active noise canceling but they don't they're the it doesn't get as loud. I like it loud. I turn everything up. Like the balance, I turn everything up. I know that's people are like, well, that's not getting quality sound. To me, it is. I like that sound. Everybody's ears are different. I, it might sound like garbage to me, but whatever floats your boat. I mean, I just like everything loud and big and fucking, you know, it's like the treble and the bass and everything all the way up. Because it just, for one thing, when I'm stoking and I just want to block out the sound of the furnace, I, I can still hear it. Because then that's a dangerous a safety issue, but I can still hear it. But it blocks it out enough that I don't have to listen to the rumble of it other than hearing the, the things I need to pick out, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, um, you know, uh, we should get into favorite things because that's one of my favorite things this week. Favorite thing. Come on, phone. There you go. Still didn't get a good answer about orange, but. Didn't either. It's weird. I think it's it's like the Hokies. Nobody really knows where it's come from. Hokies are like a castrated chicken, right? Correct? I like, believe It's so. like a turkey or something. Yeah, castrated turkey. Castrated? Yeah. It might just be something West Virginia started. That sounds like something West Virginia would have started. They're nothing but a dickless turkey. They're the unsullied of turkeys. <laughs> That'd be a terrifying turkey. This fearless bread to obey no matter what. <laughs> God. Well, we haven't talked about uh, if you finished Feast for Crows yet. I've started Dancing, Dancing Dragons. Dragons. What do you think? Fucking dope. That fucking opening. The, the, the apple, opening the, the prologue. The prologue. Very near six, six skins. And how he's sitting there dying after the. Not even a battle. After Stannis put him to after flight. After Stannis and the boys roll into town. It's a chapter, dude. And I'm assuming what happened is he's a warg, of course. We know that. And the woman that was taking care of him is also a warg, and he tried to jump into her. Well, no, right? you don't You don't have to. The person that you're jumping into doesn't have to be a warg. You can just jump into him. But, it's, but then you lose the ability. Yeah. You become that person, but then you lose the ability. Okay, so you can't jump in anybody else. Right. So he was going to have to you know, live out his life as an ugly spear wife you know so she wasn't a warg but she knew he was trying to get in her right anybody would know anybody of any intelligence because you you know you would just fight it it's that's why hodor was so easy to jump into right he's he's not he's not he's aware of what's going on but he's hodor let's read let's read from his tome (laughs) i can't believe somebody came up with that hodor 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 Hodor, Hodor, man. Can you believe that? Powerful stuff. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. Hodor? Watch your fucking language, Hodor. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. Calling cattle in the cunt? Hodor? Hodor. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like you went, dude, dude. (laughs) Hodor? Hodor. Like all the credits should also be Hodor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, favorite things. What do you got? Um, hold on. 
we are doing a re- reshuffle at work. Sweet. Or not sweet. It wasn't going to be. Like, I, I was really close to being kicked back to 4 to 12. But then it just, you know, and I didn't I don't get any favoritism. That's not the way it works. It's all seniority and all those things. But it, I didn't get anything changed. Like, I, I got I got taken off my furnace. But you have to learn a new furnace? No, well, I mean, I know all the furnaces. But I'm sure they're all, each furnace is probably like. Well, it's got its different peccadilloes. Yeah. yeah. I this, like them this all. This one does this, this and. There's only one furnace I don't care for, but anyway. Um, you know, I got to keep talk shit about that particular furnace, but yes, I don't like going to it. I mean, it's just I'm like ah, I don't want to go there. But um, I got to keep my group and my and my time slot, and I was so fucking I was so relieved because I was like, man, four to twelve in the summer is just fucking brutal. It's gonna suck, you know, because it's so hot. You know, in the in the in the morning, you avoid that heat usually. So, um, you know, I was just happy about that. Plus, I just really I've come to just really really like the job. Like it's. It's got its moments where, it, but you know, it's so conducive for thinking and reading and you know all kinds of stuff. And you know, I'm, I'm going to start stoic journaling again and all those things. And um, you know, I just enjoy the job very much. Uh, second, boxing. I'm really. It's been a life changer. Like I'm finally able to get away from wanting to be absolutely as big as I can be because it's not conducive to being a good boxer. Mm-hmm. You know. And ironically, my shoulders have gotten bigger pretty much than they've ever been because I'm holding, yeah, because I'm holding my big fucking meat hooks up. Um, and, you know, been able to really throw a fucking just hard ass punch and throw them fast, you know. Um, I'm not under any delusions, you know. I know people out there who can throw punches faster than me. I think like you should that. challenge Jake Paul. <laughs> He'd kill me, dude. He's been fighting for years. I've been doing it for months. So, um, but I will say this: take that paycheck. In that matter of months, I've been able to knock a heavy bag, like off of the you know, break the screws on it, like hit it so hard that it it broke the plywood. That not not the heavy bag, the speed bag. Hit it so hard that it broke the plywood and the screws and knocked it off the thing. And that's just a, doing a left hook and walking by it, you know, and. Um, being able to watch boxing things and know if somebody's a good puncher, just mm-hmm. being a look at it, be like, you know, like a watch Rocky now is a completely different matter. <laughs> like I'm like, man, that's a terrible punch, you know. And this is so in such a brief period because I get obsessed with something. And I watch videos on it and I, you know, and I try it and you know go work out with John and I throw. Yesterday I threw a thousand punches, you know, it's sitting there and just lining up and throwing you know hooks. And and jabs can't uppercut because it's a heavy bag. Can't uppercut a heavy bag. So you're gonna get one of the mushroom bags. I don't know what they're actually. Called. Uh, well, there's the the water bag where you can like the uh, it's the teardrop where you can get underneath and hit it. But what I would really like to get, and I'm eventually gonna just bring for it and have one at the house is Punch Bob. Bob, yeah, yeah, just fucking. You can wail on those. You fucking can beat things. the fuck out of Bob, and I can. I know I can knock that fucking thing across the room. So. um you know, I just know that I have a lot of power behind my punches. I need I need better footwork and 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 more speed. But having good power is like one of the best blessings. Mm-hmm. So you um, got that one hitter quitter. Yeah, my especially left, if something dude, happens on the street, you don't have to worry about another. Dude, that fucking left hook and my and my left street. left cross. If I catch you with that, you're fucking done. Like especially if I catch you on the temple, I'd actually be afraid to hit somebody in the temple. I might kill him. Yeah, it's, catch him in the jaw. Yeah, like we'll catch him right here where everything yeah. links up. That's where the uh, um, the reset button is. Plus, just the the sheer uh, the best the the shape I'm getting into. Like, you know, I, I was just in such horrendous shape, and it's only been a month ago. Like, we were running up 
to do some balance work. And I was winded by the time we got to the, like completely winded by the time we got to the top of the hill. That's not a thing anymore. I can, there's a set of steps at work. I can run up them like numerous times and I could, and I could barely walk up at them uh, without getting that, you know, not completely blown out of breath, but just out of breath. Now that just doesn't happen anymore. Plus being able to, the other day I, I did shadow boxing. Like I'd go stand in this hole when I just throw my one, two, first I'd throw one for 30 seconds then one, two for 30 seconds then one, two, three, you know, I'm more of a fan of the one, two, four. Cause my left hook is where all the power is. My three is coming up. Cause I had a shoulder injury and you know, I throw more of my hip in there. So that's the one when I'm hitting the heavy bag, I almost knock the heavy bag over because I'm just, it's all, it's just me cranking with my body. You know, my left hook is though, when I really get into it, I'd like to do one of those things that test the power of your punch. Cause I know it could just knock it through the fucking wall. So I bet you could punch harder than Francis and Ghana. <laughs> no, that's absurd. No, I bet you can't. No, that's just dumb. the only thing. The only thing he's got on you. And I think you should challenge him too. <laughs> is, he's got reach. You're, He's he's six foot five. You're really th- thinking somebody that I, I'm I'm actually thinking I could fight one of these guys. <laughs> I can't. A regular person, <laughs> I would fuck up. I'm just trying to gas you up, man. <laughs> just trying to get you excited. No, that's actually ironically one of the things too is once you learn your limitations and all that stuff, you're just a happier person. Yeah. So um, because your limitations can be challenged and you can push yourself through it. Um. I know I've got things to work on, but I'm willing to work on them, and I'm seeing improvement pretty much every day. Um, then the calf work, like my calves, you know, like we, we talked about earlier, it's so much Who's fun. Who's this to do. son of a bitch? <laughs> it's no. We're go- I'm going to hear about this for a year. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> it's gonna, that's all I'm going to mention. Um, that's fun, and then the forearm work and doing chin ups. Um, I can do like underhand chin ups now without any assistance, like. You know, do quite a few in a row, but hands out wide, I'm really not that good at yet. So I'm getting assistance from resistance band, um, and can't wait to. I can't do dips though. This again, I could do so many of them, and then this, and then my tendon in this hand just feels like somebody's jabbing a knife in it. Mm. So I'm gonna have to quit doing those for a while and do other things. I've been doing like almost diamond push-ups, like feet elevated and all mm. kinds of stuff. I've always really liked working out this way, but then I always hated the fact that it took away from my my weightlifting sheer brute strength. But like I've always said, there's so many ways to be strong. And just lifting heavy weights is not, especially for the real world, is not that big of a fucking deal. You know, I mean, I can still, I'm still on a three day a week, five by five, but it started low and I'm going to build into what I, what I can do. But ultimately... The ultimate thing is to be as strong as I can, as low as a weight as I can, so I can hit as hard at a lower weight. So, and to be in shape. I want to finally, this summer, I want to finally be able to just take my shirt off and just be proud of what I what I am, as opposed <clears throat> to, well, I look like shit, but I'm really strong. Uh, who cares? So, you know, people don't care about that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to be honest. People don't care. About the other thing. About either. the other thing. I get yeah. it. I get it. But, Unless it's comical. But they care more. Let's put Unless it that it's way. like Ralphie May goes onto the beach and takes his shirt off. People be like, wow, look at that son of a bitch. Or uh, who's another big fat guy? Brendan Fraser from The Whale. God. I want to see that movie. I, I bought it, it. It's on my. Oh, you Amazon. did? Yeah. How'd you feel about it? I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, favorite things. Um. I started reading The Stand. Like I had to do a sixteen-hour shift the other day, so I was like, "Well, I need a, I need something to get me through this." So I just started reading The Stand. The Stand is as big as uh, 
Dance with Dragons, isn't it? Or it's bigger? Bigger. Jesus. I mean, it's it's a well over a thousand pages. Fuck my. Dick. So, um, and it's a complete unabridged version. I love that book. Uh, it's uh, it's so Dark Tower connected. Um, other than that, I haven't really played anything new or anything like that. The the boxing has taken up so much of my time. Yeah, it's so, your it's your disc golf. It is. It really is. It's it's a thing that you're going to. Try. It's an amateur thing. I'm going to be okay at. You yeah, know? that's like, like with me with the disc golf. I'm not. I don't think I'll ever be very good at it, but I think it's something that I can pick up and do well for somebody that started at it when they were 41 years old. Right. You know? Um. It's obviously something I wish I'd started when I was younger. Yeah, me too. I know. Like I've always known how to throw a left. Like a left hook has always been there, but now. I mean, it was it was an arm punch. Now though. you know how to set up the left. Exactly. I mean, I know how to like uh, learning a feint and then an overhand left. That was fun. Like you know, and then come around and fucking and I just love. I'll just walk through the house and throw punches and you know sit there. It's just so much fun. You know, to I do make. shadow swings in uh, disc golf. <laughs> yeah, I'll be walking to the bathroom and I'll do the X step and do the swing. That's awesome. It's how you get good. I'm, doing shit like I, that. I'm, I was throwing punches in my sleep. Like That's I was, weird. I was nodding off last night. That is the name of a song. It's not the name of a song yet. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be. But no. But I, I. But I was laying in bed and I just went. I like my arm was out here and I just cocked it and you know threw it. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, but that's a good thing. That means that my uh, nervous system is adapting. Yeah. And it's something that I'm going to do automatically. So once you're good enough at something, it becomes automatic. And I want to be good enough. My my right jab is really good. Like it's just automatic. Snap it's it out. The most there. important punch in boxing. It is in MMA. It's the, the one-two is the most important combo in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can throw a good one-two, you can you can get somebody off of you, no matter how big they are. Tell Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor. There you go. Conor McGregor was was out pointing him, and then I think it's second or third round. Nate just, just connected two. with the one-two right after the other. Yeah, and he was fighting southpaw too. Yeah, and it caught uh, Conor. And he knew it. He pointed at him. He goes, ooh. <laughs> and then he got him again with the same punch, yeah. one, two. He never throws hooks. He just throws one, two, and and maybe a uppercut. Straights are really good because straights, you don't have to close with somebody. You know, a hook, you have to get into them. You really have to get in you there. Put yourself in a lot of yeah, fire. Yeah, you got to get in your range. And and, let, and you're, when you're throwing your hook, you can have this up here in case they're going to – but this is going to be open. And if somebody's good enough, they can step back and fucking crack you. Mm-hmm. So – um, Fighting somebody that's I'd rather fight somebody that's quick and throws bullshit. That's how Conor McGregor beat Jose Aldo. Yeah. <laughs> Jose Aldo come just through the fucking Molly flopping in and he just backed up, caught the opening and hit him with the left hook. Mm. Knocked him bonkers. The hook is such a good punch because you're it's such a swing of the hip and you're just fucking it's almost like you're you're using momentum from your hip to fucking your arm is almost, you know, incidentally involved. So, because you can just stand there to punching bag and go like this and hit it hard without even using your arm. Once you really get your arm into it, man, you can hit it. And um, there's nothing better in the world than knowing you fucking connected real hard. So, yep. Um, Same thing with uh, baseball. You know, you hit it good when you didn't even feel it on the bat. Right. Disc golf. Um, you know, you got a good throw when you didn't even feel it come off your fingers, but you heard the snap on yeah, the disc. That's awesome. It happens once every flow, now and then for me. Flow theory. Flow state. You do you have the Kindle app? Mm, probably download it now because my the flow theory book is on my Kindle, and you 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 should go ahead and read it. It is an excellent book. 
You ever been in the flow state? Yes. Like any kind of sport or yes, boxing puts me in flow state. Nice. When I'm when I'm with John and I'm and I'm like and we're doing the the drills and I get in the drill and it's just not, without having to think like we did the one thing the one two you know is one two block one two duck one two block one two duck you know sh- you know slip mm-hmm. that's the best feeling because it's pop 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 and you know and you're hitting the glove and you, you can slap of the leather and all that stuff and you know you're doing it good and then you don't have to think about it it's so good though that you start to think about it because it's feeling good and then you lose your rhythm yeah yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> i lost my rhythm and um john's a really good teacher yeah, he's a uh, john's just a good fighter just in general um uh, let's put this way. I wouldn't want to fight him. I'm bigger than him, stronger than him, but man, he just really knows where to put him. So, um, and it's just, this, so I think that's pretty much it. Boxing has, has become what I do now. So, you know, come in here one week with a smashed nose because you took a fight and, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell love anybody. It. And I'll love it. <laughs> you're gonna, and when you're older, you're going to have a restaurant. And you're, and you're gonna walk around the restaurant. Hey, how you doing? You're like the meatballs. So it's gonna make me oh, Italian too. Oh, oh. <laughs> and you're taking pictures of people. You're up. <laughs> I'm spinning. <laughs> you remember that movie? What is it? Uh, Death to Smoochie. No, I didn't ever watch oh, that movie. Dude, you'd love that movie. It's so stupid. I know it's uh, Robin there's, Williams and uh, Ed Norton. Ed Norton. There's an old boxer who uh, they always go to his restaurant, and he's. He's going around doing what I was just talking about. Hey, how you doing? And they're all, yeah, it's like, and they go, "Hey, Spinner." He goes, "I'm Spinner." <laughs> <laughs> He'd love it. I wonder I where that's on streaming anywhere. I could just might be a good afternoon rant or something. Might be a good afternoon couch watch. Yeah. Let me see. That's the smoochie. Yeah, I've been in the flow state. Um, quite a few times. Um, like uh, in baseball. Football's kind of oh, yeah. it's kind of hard to get in a flow state. Nah, I don't think football is really if, possible. If, if you're the alignment in our position, it's hard to get into a flow state. You know, it's just a it's just combat. So um, it's, quarterbacks can. Um, oh sure, stroke, maybe defense stroking can. the ball. Maybe know. a defensive lineman could get into a flow state. I'm right. not sure. Depends on who you're fucking going tennis. against. Tennis is the tennis. best. It's one of the best representations. I've of not flow been state. in it in disc golf. I've been in it in playing music, like. Not practicing Writing. at all. Like that time whenever I uh, played at uh, uh, the Grove mm-hmm. at, at that songwriter festival thing. It was just coming out. It might have been one of the best times I've ever played. It's awesome. I was just up there. It's a really good performance, too. Yeah, it might be the one of the best times I've ever played. And um don't remember anything about it. I don't remember what songs I played. It's why, like I said, uh, with writing, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll go back and read something. I'm like, I don't remember writing that. You know, it's crazy because you kind of chuckle, but kind of this feeling comes over you like, man, that's eerie, mm-hmm. you know? So let's see where death is. Uh, oh, it's on YouTube for free with ads. Mm, unless you got red. Yep. Which I do. Mm. All right. That might be later. Sweet. Oh, uh, one other thing is a uh, a song by uh, Face to Face is rapidly becoming my uh, favorite band. Um, what's the name? They're very bad religion. Uh, let me look. Let's see. I put it in my likes. So let me check my library. My likes. It is Walk the Walk. Walk the Walk. Let's hear a little bit of it. What's that bass line? They have a real 
like no it's almost like no effects and bad religion had a face they're doing two bass lines there that the uh, dun, 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 dun. that's a that's a second bass line oh really yeah so there's you two bases the, playing you can hear the low note yeah unless he's doing both at the same time which i don't think he is it's not two bases he just did two tracks oh nice uh, foo fighters did that too he would just play the root notes mm. and then he'd go do fun stuff. Dave Grohl, of course. No. Whoever. Nate Mendelson? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Whoever the bass player. I like that. The chorus is coming. It's a really good chorus. Great fucking tune, man. Just a fucking hard driver. You know, it's... Ooh. The old uh, seven there. Yeah. It's a great fucking tune, man. I like the backup vocals. I'm a big backup vocal fan. See, the best in that intersection of punk and rockabilly and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I, I, I for real wanted to do a documentary called One, Two, Three, Four. Great idea. Because I don't care what it's about, but I like the. Well, because there is a thing that's in punk where they do a whoa, 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 mm-hmm. or a one, two, three, four, or a let's go. Actually, it was going to be called Let's Go. Because. I discussed this before. One, two, three, let's go. One, two, three, let's go. That's a good one. Okay. Because in the, the Bomb Pops was, by the way, uh, Polly Van Damme um, quit, which I was oh, really- Oh, come on. I know you're not a Polly? The, the blonde. The, God damn the, it. The thick blonde, she quit. Motherfucker. I don't- I think it was due to health reasons. This has been a while ago, Maybe too. she's got one of those made-up diseases that sometimes- No, she's got diabetes. Has, oh. I mean- That's not made up. But then she went and formed another band. I think that her and uh, Jen Pop- might not have been getting along. Well, maybe well. she didn't want to tour anymore, so she started a band that she could record. And well, I, that's I think that's part of it. And I, but I haven't heard Jen Pop say anything about it. Jen Pop's a great name. It, she's the sweet looking, skinny little brunette. That's but um, they have in the song um, "Be Sweet." Uh, there's a point where Polly Van Dam goes, "Let's go," and I fucking love it. But the best one um, is in is "Be Sweet." Bomb Pops or Japanese Breakfast? Bomb Pops. Japanese Breakfast is an interesting name. Okay. It's on the second verse. Classic punk songs, about two minutes and 30, isn't it? Yeah. That's Gen Pop right there. He's able to not tell them apart. I've heard this. Yeah, I've played it before. It's a good tune. Um, and they've been around a while, huh? Yeah. Um, 2010. Mm-hmm. They were on Red Scare, I think, to begin with. There's so many good punk groups that went through Red Scare and then became um, then became uh, Fat Records. There's Polly. 
this is a different singer now? Yes. They sound very similar. They do. But after a while, you can be able to pick them out. Slight tone difference. I think Polly Van Damme is a better singer. Um, uh, yeah, this this verse is better. Yeah, it is. The singing. It's coming up here in one minute. It's a good let's go it is it's a good let's go but the best one is the last gang when she does um i'm trying to remember this the name of the song um fuck she goes uh come on come on and it's fucking awesome because she's got a real gravelly voice mm-hmm. that's um uh brenna red where i'm a big fan of brenna red um Last Gang's been around since 2010. Yeah, they used to have a guy lead singer, though. What? Turn the Record Over, I think, is the name of the song. Um, and it's it's got a great uh, come on, come on. or uh, Yeah, it's a come on, come on. because she's That's the one where you first heard him, you didn't know it was a girl. Because <laughs> she's got a real gravelly voice. She's a big old girl, too. She's probably real at hoss. least 5'10". Probably goes 200 pounds. Just a real hoss. Real good looking, though. Would you fist her in the butt? Yes. Weird. I can't find that song for some reason. It's Turn the Record Over. That's what it's called. All right. No, that's not it. There it is. There it is. Okay, yeah. We're going to get the episode taken down if I keep playing songs. You think? Oh, yeah. With yeah. such a minor... I mean, they're not... A, yeah, they they had a major label release, I think, lately, but... I think... Um, Interscope s- owns Fat, fat Records or somebody, something. Somebody, uh, Universal Music Group, owns a lot of these. Yeah. Like, I could play Jerks or Red Audio mm-hmm. or my own stuff or... We've yeah, gotten away with any. a few. We have um, gotten away with a few. Sincere Engineer, we played them. Yeah. Uh, even though you hate them. That did suck. <laughs> I, I told you never to speak of that again. <laughs> no, they had two songs I played recently you didn't you didn't think were that bad. I don't remember. But what can happen is we play it now, and in two years it comes back, and it's another strike against me, and then, then I have to make a new account. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, um, I should have never gotten into playing music but i always wanted to have a radio show well, yeah so i mean I well, that's, well that's i mean the fun employment files was just mostly just just playing music that's where most forth. of our strikes have come <laughs> yeah i'm sure um no but i mean i just love that and punk especially they have the, you know and in rockabilly they you know the one two three uh, you know one two three four or you know let's go almost come on, uh, come on or, quite a few bruce songs has a ah, ooh, yeah hey, ah. see that but he's He's the godfather of like rockabilly oh, yeah. in in so many ways. It's godfather punk, whether he wants to be or not. Well, like we've talked about it before, Bruce songs can be a punk song. Speed him up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speed him and up. I love. I mean, I, I you know him and I'm. I'll I'm, find I'm some, surprised him and Mike Ness haven't released something. I'm together sure before. they're together. They've met. I'm sure. I'm gonna look up Bruce Springsteen. 
punk song. Punk covers. Let me see. I guarantee there's there's got to be at least a couple. Hmm. Hmm. I'm. I'm I've thought would for sure social I'm distortion. Just look would've. up covers because I bet that might have been too specific. Mm. All right, there's Patty Smith because the night camera obscura. That sounds like a punk band, perhaps. Who? Camera obscura. Mm. Let's see. Nope. No, definitely not. I like it. Yeah. Uh, there's the band. There has to be somebody. I mean, this is where you come from. Somebody cover them. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm really surprised Social D never did one. Frankie Goes to Hollywood does Born to Run. I have to hear this. Well, sure. Left me cards at home. Well, you're late as well. That's three times on the run. If you're late again, the super- Three times on the run. Ha! Irish as shit. Okay. That's a punk tune. Yeah. That's a definite punk tune. It's only since he's got the downstroke. Da, 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 da. Well, on the streets of a runaway American dream. Fuck yeah, I love that. See, that's the crazy part about it is thinking about New Wave being a stepping stone from punk. The Go-Go's were yeah. a punk band. They, yeah. And then they became what they became. Um, the Bangles were never a punk band. They just didn't have the the chutzpah, yeah, that the Go Go's did. But then you had uh, Frank Goes to Hollywood, sounds like a punk band. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, the fucking the Romantics. You know they. What I like about you is essentially a punk tune. Mm-hmm. Um, I got obsessed with that song recently, though. It was fucking great, fucking tune. This is essentially a punk song. Even Bruce's version is essentially a... Yeah, it is. There's a little bit less stank on it. Well, and then, you know, Bruce has played with Dropkick Murphys on a couple of occasions. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Here's Smithereens doing a song. Remember the Smithereens? I do. Razorbacks. That sounds like maybe a punk band. Song called Going Down. I think it's country. You're probably right. Well, let's wait till they the old one six five four or until they drop until they drop the hammer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Chris Ledoux, oh Chris Ledoux, Chris Ledoux and Travis Tritt both cover "Tougher Than the Rest." <laughs> it's a good song. Oh yeah, <laughs> the train wrecks. You think that's a punk band? I've never heard of them. Nope. I really, and then on the other side, there's uh, this, we discussed them last week. It was In the Grass, the name of the song. But then there's this song called the For- In the Forest. And um, the first time I heard it is Elena had put a, put it on their, uh, one of their reels where they're taking the baby to go hiking and stuff. Mm. And I just love it. It's just this haunting, um, look that one up and play it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's In the Grass? In the Forest. In the Forest. Yeah. By L something. I mean, they're just it's it's beautiful. L E yes. Weird name. Is it like the instrumental? Yes. But there's like soul singing. Like, Ooh. It's 
Oh, it's beautiful. Almost an Appalachian quality to it in a way, mm-hmm. but not. It's like the soundtrack for heaven for me. Like walking, literally walking through the woods in heaven. And that's the music playing. And everybody I love is there. And there's no black people. The world. (laughs) Fuck you. The world is all just. Everybody's pink and Irish. (laughs) (laughs) There's corned beef setting out of the sun. (laughs) Corned beef and cabbage (laughs) at every turn. Corned beef and cabbage ice cream. Yeah. No, it's just the I love lo-fi scratches that itch for me so much. The peace, just feeling the peace. I'll I'll throw the the earbuds in and um just lay in bed with my eyes closed and that's almost a flow state because I lose track of time. Mm-hmm. Once you lose that's a sheer indicator. If you lose track of time, you're in flow state. And that and actually you can do that. Uh and flow states are so powerful that I remember them years later. I purposely put myself in it by reading the book and then saying, here's how to get in flow state when you're listening to music. Pick out uh, an instrument and follow it through the song. Yep. So there was this guy named Najee. Who was, he's, a, he's a black uh, saxophone player, and it was like, it was really good stuff, jazzy type stuff, but like really soothing. And I listened to it, and I was laying in bed, and I was floating. Like... I didn't feel anything except being in the music. And it was almost an, uh, almost an unpleasant feeling at one point because I was losing control and I was falling into something. I imagine how it would be if I was on a psychedelic where I know I'm getting taken somewhere and I panic because, yeah, oh, I can't fly. You know, yeah, you can just do it. You know, it's almost like a thing that happens in. Uh, they put it in a comedy context, of course, but it really is poignant in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They say flying is nothing but getting the knack of missing the land. Yeah. <laughs> so Arthur at one point is flying. He's on this planet and he's like hovering above things. He's like, wait, I can't do this. And then he starts to fall. He's like, no, I can. And, they, you know, it's almost like Peter Pan, you know. And that's that's the thing is that I think that's a metaphor for psychedelics where you're you're floating above yourself. You have an out-of-body experience because you have left everything behind. So... Not net, not really an out of body experience. I don't think that's happy. I don't. That's not real. But I'm saying that your mind goes into such a place that you really do lift, lift out of your and it's and flow state can put you in that. I advise you pick out a soothing piece piece of music tonight. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, Duhost. By, uh, oh God, nothing like that. <laughs> I mean, that would be an, an unpleasant flow state. But I'm talking about uh, a good one. I think would be um, "Into the Mystic" by oh, yeah. uh, by Van Morrison, and, and just float with that music. I'm going to do that myself this we'll evening. Be coming I think. home, and I uh, want a horn section for my band that I'm not going to have. I mean, JMO can reproduce a horn section. We can make a horn section. We're going to make a horn section. I wish I would be able to. But live, I'd like to have one there. It's just so much more powerful when you have a horn. Right. Like actual dudes up there with motherfucking horns. Dude, and he has. Or one, women. He's had all one of the best horn sections ever. Oh, yeah. And his song, uh, Days Like This. I get a feeling he it was the wrecking crew playing with him, but I can't confirm that. I'm sure John Radcliffe will know. Fucking Van Morrison, the mad Irishman, buddy. I mean, I've said it a thousand times, but it does bear repeating. Living proof that the Irish have soul. I mean, and he's a northern Irishman. So. It's the uh, the redheaded stepchildren, aren't they? Well, they're they they didn't conform to the crown, did they? Well, they're the, they're the Ulsters. They're the ones who yeah. are, you know, where the extraction of a lot of Appalachia is from is Northern Ireland. 
So Ulster Plantation, they call it. Any more favorite? No, that's it. I'm done. Sorry. Um, took a trip last weekend to North Carolina. To how, yeah, how'd that go? Golf tournament. Poorly. I didn't play well. It was two of the hardest did, courses did you not have in fun? the world. Um, yes and no. Um, I'm not used to being around people. Mm-hmm. After I'm done with playing, I usually come back home and I'm by myself. There you go. So being surrounded by my friends, mm-hmm. whom I love, but uh, for a couple hours there after we got done playing, uh, I was very annoyed by everything. <laughs> it, it didn't help that I didn't play well, but I'm in a strange place. I'm being ordered around where to go. Right. And, and you like, are a xenophobe, though. Yeah, sort I mean, of. Me too. I just want to stay home. You know? DC was a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I didn't enjoy that. It's not. It's nobody's fault but mine and my right. freaking brain. It's, right. <laughs> but um, just everything annoyed me, and it didn't help that I, I didn't play well. And even if I did play well, I feel like I probably would have still just rather have come home and, and then drive back down the next day for right. the, for the next round. But that would have been very stupid. But we played two of the hardest courses in the probably not in the world, but definitely too hard for me mm. at this point in my skill set. It didn't help that the first round um, well, at Hornet's Nest in Charlotte, it's like an iconic course. Everybody loves it. Uh, and I loved it. Mm. Enjoyed playing it. I think I could actually do well. Well there for me is 10 over, by the way. That's me fucking A plus. This motherfucker shredding. <laughs> the 10 over there, would everybody would have high-fived me. Yeah. Um, um, but I, the people I was playing with, I didn't know any of them, which is fine. But they were all very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's me. I feel like I'm holding everybody up. So <laughs> I was sort of rushing through shots and everything. Right. Like there, there's dudes on my card that were like cranking 400 foot drives down the fairways where it was Shit. where it was possible to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a a putt that was 70 feet, and they were running all. They were trying to make all of them. Me, if I have 70 feet, I'm throwing a little soft bit up there. If it goes in, that's great. But if it, I just want it to land beside the basket so I can drop it in. Right. But they were running them. Three out of every five would go in. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Who, who? These are yeah. not my level. Um, it'd be like me going to one of those gyms in Philly with the people who know, really know how to box, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. completely amateur. Yeah, you go into the gym where Apollo takes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking Rocky, about. except for you have very little experience. Right. <laughs> um, everybody was cool though. Like they would give me tips and pointers, and like because I'd never been there. And the guy that ran the tournament was like, "Who else playing this blind?" And I was like, "Me and all my friends." Like you guys are savages. <laughs> <laughs> well, that this awesome. place is insane. Yeah, uh, I went nineteen over in the first round. If I'd have just been fifteen over, I'd have fuck. We would have partied all night. We'd have got drunk and missed well, the round only the next four day. Strokes. Um, second round, two rounds in one day. We went over to Nevin Park, which that is where they held the Disc Golf Pro Tour finale last year. Mm. And that course is very hard. It is um, tightly wooded. There's a couple holes where you got a little bit out in the open. Um, Trees right off the tee. You got a choice. I can go this way or this way. I like to go up the middle, and up the middle is where there's another tree. So I have to make choices here, and I usually would just hit the tree. Um, but it's extremely wooded. Like you'd have holes. It was one was a par five, but it was only 480 feet. So the fairway bends to the right, and you have a landing zone there. You have to be, 
you have to intentionally just throw a 200 foot shot to land here. And then it bends to the left, another 200 foot shot. And then I think it was another slight bend to the right that hooked at the end toward the basket for your third shot. I probably took a seven on that. And I was like, Hey, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I think I went 23 or 24 over there. JMO did well on that one. Yeah. Um, but after after the first day, I was I wasn't tired, but um, I I threw a lot more shots than I normally do mm-hmm. in those two rounds, and carrying the twenty pound bag on my back and just having an all around bad attitude about the whole thing. And the I was fine with my first round. The second round, I was like, "Fuck!" And I got to play with JMO on that one, so at right. least there's somebody I know. And there's another guy on our on our group that was from West Virginia. We had five guys in in our group the for uh, both of the first rounds. Usually it's four. Mm-hmm. So there's more time involved. It took almost four hours to play the first round. Oh, shit. Second round, it took almost four hours. It's 5.30 by the time we're getting done. And we're wanting to go get sushi because it was Nikki's birthday um, a few days before. And the time that we're getting out is when everybody's congregating. Oh, yes. It was an hour and a half wait at the sushi place. Oh, God. So then it's another hour trying to figure out what we're going to do. And I say, I'm driving back to <laughs> we're going back to Morganton, which is where Adam and Nikki are staying. And we'll figure out something there. And then we go we find like a shitty a wonderfully shitty Chinese buffet. Oh, they're the best. That is the same everywhere you go. Yeah. And we go Sugary there. meats and fucking. That was great. <laughs> We go there and I start to feel better. And but Nikki went to the Mexican restaurant three doors down instead because they didn't have beer at the uh, at the Chinese place. And we're ready to go. And Nikki's still in the Mexican restaurant three doors down. And we're in the car for a half hour waiting on him to come back. I'm and sure. then I get annoyed again. I'm, well, yeah, that would annoy anyone. <laughs> it's fine. I'd be um, gnashing my teeth. Like the first night we were there, me and Adam and JMO went to this Mexican restaurant. Um, that used to be a pizza hut, I'm pretty sure. And on, there's like eight tables on one side. On the other side, there's a Mexican deli where there's all kinds. And it it's dingy. It looks like shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look like it's going to be good. That means it was good. Right. We were the only white people in there. There were Latinos, other Latinos, whatever. It wasn't just a Mexican restaurant. It was South American. So they had flags of all different oh, okay. gotcha. Central and South American countries all over the place. Uh, English was not everybody's native language there. <laughs> um, they made, I almost want to call it a roux that they made with uh, the beans and a sauce of some sort. They were very drippy, but they were delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I haven't eaten today. They, you're they, killing me. They put... Um, I don't know if I feel like this was uh, authentic. They don't do this in our Mexican food here. Like at the ones we go to, they had um, squash and peppers and broccoli in their burritos. Mm. And that was great. I'm sure it was tremendous. Not my, not my, not my deal. Um, the, their cheese sauce where you dip the chips in was way thicker than what we're used to here. Yeah. But- Jalisco is so still the fucking. Oh, Jalisco is my favorite restaurant in the world. Yeah, but I was. It was just. There's a lot more uh, diversity in North Carolina than I was prepared for. Mm-hmm. Not pre- like like oh no, there's diversity here. I must leave. But I was like oh wow, we're the only white people. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. 
Then you go to the disc golf course and there's all white people, baby. <laughs> it is a white folks sport. It's it'd be when, like whenever it, they start playing, we're fucked. It'd be like roof ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, the third round, we go back to oh, we watched the fight Saturday night. Uh, John Jones and Cyril gone, and before that, it was Valentina Shevchenko who's been the women's one twenty one thirty five pound champion for seven years. Jesus. And she's fighting a gal named Alexa Grasso. And Valentina was not prepared, it seemed, because Alexa takes her down in the second round and strangles her, chokes her out. Didn't really choke her even. She was, I think she was doing like a neck crank. Mm -hmm. Couldn't even get under her chin and uh, caused her to tap. And I was shocked. Damn. Yeah. She gets, she'll get an immediate rematch and probably win it. Uh, but John Jones and Cyril Gone, he ran through him. His first fighter heavyweight. I actually heard about that. He did the rudest choke. They called it a guillotine. A guillotine is whenever their neck is in the bend of your elbow and you're cranking back like this. Mm-hmm. What he did, he couldn't quite lock that up, so he shifted it like this to where his knuckles were on his windpipe. Yeah. It, with a regular guillotine, it's a blood choke, so it cuts off the blood to your brain, carotid artery. You can... Go out like a man and not tap to that mm-hmm. if you choose to, and you'll be fine. But if you if you don't tap to this the the wind choke where it's crushing your windpipe, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. That is a very rude choke, and John Jones has never done that before. And I was like, hey, what's he learning? Who is he? Is he doing catch wrestling? Because that's what it reminds me of his old catch wrestling moves. Like he he put his chest on. His the back of his head put his fist underneath. Uh, that's not a gable grip. That is the S grip. Put his fist underneath his windpipe and just cranked back like that. And I was like, Oh Jesus fucking Christ! If he doesn't tap to that, he's insane. And of course he did. But I don't see anybody in the world beating John Jones. Not even Francis. Whenever he decides to come back, mm. amazing, uh, amazing. Third round, we go back to. Hornet's Nest in Charlotte, and I do worse, but I played better, if that makes sense. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I had, I was 20 over there in the third round, but I feel like I actually played better. I had more fun. There was only three people on our group, um, and one of them was a guy from West Virginia that I played with the day before. I lose a disc. Um, in practice, uh, before the round started, we went to the iconic hole where you throw over the water to the island, and there's a a basket there and I was like oh man this is amazing in practice I fucking I'll throw one shot and I th- it was this far from the basket it just sat right underneath the basket I was like well we're gonna nail this during the tournament baby if I only get one birdie it's gonna be this one yeah. first round I, I made the island but I didn't make my putt second round I have plenty of distance to get it there and I just turned it over a little bit so it kept drifting to the right instead of uh, fading out to the left and it ended up in the water yeah, sure. I was like, you motherfucker. The one hole that I knew I could get. Can you get in the water and get it? Uh, somebody found it, and they're mailing it back. These these disc golf people are crazy. I'm one of the best groups of people. Whenever I find a disc, if it has a name on it or whatever, I, I usually just leave it there because I don't feel like going through all the things. Mm-hmm. To get it back to you, I might send a picture of it and hide it somewhere on the course so you can come back and get it. Yeah, but we're not making this a social situation. And usually, when somebody finds one of mine, I tell them they can keep it. 
And they'll be like, no, man, I'll just take it to Steve's shop, the one in uh, South Charleston. Leave it there, and you can go get it. And like, I'm like, okay, that's fine, but I'm we're not going to be friends over this. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to do all, all this stuff. But they do try to get them back to you. It's crazy because I don't want anything to do with it. I lost one in North Carolina in October whenever me and JMO went down there. And a month ago, somebody texted me and said, hey, uh, we got this. We can't ship it. It's a, a store down there a disc golf store down there. It says, well, we're not shipping things back, but we'll hold it for you till you want. And I told him just to wipe my name off of it and sell it. I already bought a, a makeup for it. It's insane. What else have I enjoyed this week? Oh, had it. We had a tournament yesterday at beautiful scenic Dunbar city park. One round me and Adam and my other buddy, Aaron borders were in a group together. Um, and this course is what we call a pitch and putt. Like the longest hole might be 190, 220, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to we, – we went from having to throw everything into all of our shots to having to almost dial it down and not overthrow it. Our first throws, I think, everybody overthrew it by 30 feet. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> or they hit a tree and they were getting ready to go overthrow it by 30 feet. So you have to dial it down and – um try not to overpower it. Uh, I went even. It's just a one-round tournament. Went even. Should have been four under. Adam had a bit of a rough time. Adam got the yips yesterday when it came to putting. Yeah. And he went one over. He was four down with three holes left. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It was tough. Like, one time, me and him both parked the basket, like, within – 11 feet, I think, is considered parked. We were right beside each other. And he's like, you want me to go for first? I was like, yeah, go ahead. And he shanks the putt. And I'm like, this is going to rub off on me now. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I made mine. That's when terrible. you see, there's something called big putting. It's when somebody's way farther out than everybody else and nails a big, long putt. And then everybody's like, well, fuck, now um, makes you nervous to go up and putt again. Um, but he... I don't know what you call it. He shanked, short putted me, and it made me nervous. Um, I don't know. We had a good time. Nobody won, but we weren't last place. Then we got a big tournament next weekend at Valley Park in Hurricane. That's the one. That's the one I want to play well in. I want to try to win that. I'm not going to, but I want to try to win. I try to win all of them, actually. I think that you should. You see, what, what's happening, if I may diagnose, is that you're not focused on another thing that's going to help your disc golf. You're re- reaching a state of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. So you need to take up yoga or something else again. And then, I do need to start the yoga again. And then your disc golf will improve. I noticed that because um, I was so sore in my back and stuff from uh, last week mm-hmm. after the first round. Everything hurt, and I usually don't hurt after a round. It might have just been a sour mental attitude that made that. Too. I can, that can make all the difference. It really can. I mean, it's just the feeling of peace that flow can put you in. Is uh, yeah, I'm thinking we'll start yogaing again this week in the evenings before I read. Just yeah. turn, knock out a half hour every day. Get bendy again. I'm still just as flexible as I probably not just as flexible. I haven't done it, but it time. won't take very long. No, it's just like knock out a half hour every day. It's, like it's not hard. I don't know why I haven't been doing it. I just got lazy. Right. I thought I was going to be playing disc golf every day and hiking through the woods and hucking frisbees. And it's 
turns out it's hard to get motivated to do that after eight hour, eight or nine hours of work. Sure. It really is. It's like in the morning I wake up and I'll get out of bed and just one, two, you know, one, two, three, and, and throw a bunch of stuff, get my blood moving. I think what I'm going to start doing now, though, is going up and getting on the rowing machine for about 10 minutes. Just drive right up to the gym, do that, throw some punches. Um, if I have to lift, lift, but if I don't, then go home, you know, and then start my day that way. I feel also the waiting to eat. I'm starting to intermittent fast. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's one way that I lost all mine is. Uh, no eating after eight or before noon. I took it to extreme at one point though, and lost a bunch of strength. I'm not doing that extreme now. And uh, and when I intermittent fast, I, I I was also watching what I was eating. I'm not really going to do that either. I'm going to eat what I want, but I'm going to fast before I do it and mm-hmm. work and work out fasted. So, you know, another favorite thing is reading the finishing storm. Is it storm feast or for crows. feast for crows? Finishing that, great, yeah, wonderful. Let's, Different than the other ones because it doesn't include all the characters, right? Um, it's definitely the the black sheep of the of the series. Um, there's a little bit of all the characters. There's a little bit of shit that happens at the wall. There's a little bit of shit that happens with uh, Danny, but it's mostly King's Landing and all the shit that's happening with Brienne, right? Um, Dance of Dragons is all Essos, yeah, and the Wall. I'm assuming and Samuel, yeah. Um, because he, he was writing them concurrently and decided to split them. And there's a, a little note in yeah. the back of uh, Meanwhile, for Crows. The, yeah. <laughs> and uh, by next year, we'll have this. And then it was like six years later oh, yeah. before he put out the next Dan- one. Winds of Winter is right there. I can tell. It's, I it's, think it's so, gonna too. Be really he's, he's making more appearances and talking mm-hmm. about things. So I think it's almost out. Right. It's almost That's going to be a... I wonder what corner he wrote himself monster into. Monster of a book. It'll be a 1,200 pages of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you might have to turn it into two. People would lose their minds. I, I get sick of all the people complaining. Like, especially when he is... My favorite is when he, he despises Donald Trump, and he's compared him to Joffrey, at least on a few occasions. And then some fucking right-wing asshole pop up, Why don't you finish your book instead of criticizing Trump? Like, go fuck yourself. Who are you? That's right. I don't know your fucking name because you've never done anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. So far, I think I've only read I read the prologue and f- I think four chapters. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I can't remember offhand how that one begins. After besides Veramir Sixkins, I can't remember what the first chapter uh, was. It's a Danny chapter, I'm pretty sure, and then a Sam chapter. Maybe something at the wall. I'm surprised it's not an Essos. I'm so surprised about it. Are you sure it might be a Tyrion chapter? Yeah. Yeah, you're It's when he first gets to first Lear- chapter is Tyrion. Yeah. Yes, and then there's a Danny and then a Sam and then I can't remember who it goes back to after that. Have you gotten to uh There's going to be a lot more Arya in this one or Cat, whatever we're calling her now. Um There's not no name for her. much Arya. Oh, really? No, it's more They introduce new characters. They introduce um Doran Martell's son. Illyrio Mapatis is back. Yeah. Um, Doran Martell and his group, uh, um, Garrus Drinkwater, uh, Arch Yarnwood. Um, and, I always uh, said Ironwood when I see it. But Yarnwood makes more sense. Um, yeah. Y-R-N. Yeah. R- he's a, I think he's the big one. Um, Garrus Drinkwater is like a really handsome, dashing type guy. And uh, Archibald is like this big fucking giant of a dude who wields a hammer. Um. Yeah, they're going to go talk to Dan- Daener- Daenerys. 
Yeah, because um, uh, in one of the last was it one of the last chapters of Crows or one of the first chapters of Dragons that he gets to the Citadel and finds the Archmaster, who's not really the Archmaster, but he decides he's going to go find Danny. The Maester does. Oh, Marwin. Yeah. Marwin. The uh, the the half-maester, they call him. Yeah. He's he's more like a warrior type guy. Yeah, he, uh, I like the one... Uh, he's kind of a mage. He has a glass candle. Yeah, they call him the mage. That's right. And they, and they uh, he apparently... The rumor was he had beaten a man to death with his fists. Um, pre- performed all kinds of odd experiments on... Dead bodies. See, he knew everything that was going on because of the glass candle. They never really talked about glass candles before. No. It's such a cool way to introduce it. It is. Because you're like, hey, hey, here's this thing. Let's not explain anything about it. I love that. And it just kind of lets you know what it is, but nobody needs to know anything about it in the other. I don't. I think that's one of the things that destroyed Star Wars is explaining things, is taking the, the mythos and then fleshing it out. I don't want to know how Darth Vader. I mean, I love the fact that it was. What are what were the Thetans or some shit that uh, is how? Oh, the Metachlorians. Metachlorians, so stupid. Just Uh, let things be magical for fuck's sake. We don't need to know why they're magic. It's like Marvel. People have Marvel. By the way, is really one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to recognize what's going on and start stepping away from the bullshit that they're doing, or they're not, and that's going to collapse the company, or at least the brand, or they're going to recover from it and, and rebuild, And but they're going to have to play catch-up with the DC now. They have altern- alternated positions. DC is now going to come on strong. James Gunn is James going. Gunn posted a tweet last night. He's going to direct Superman. Of him in his, his own theater at his home, because I'm sure he's rich enough to have that. Oh, sure. And the screen just says, uh, director's cut superman 2 the donner edition or whatever yeah he said hashtag now now viewing and so he's doing research he's going Mm -hmm. to make i know it's not going to be henry right now but he's going to make kingdom a real superman right fucking optimistic it's going to be a superman movie yeah yeah it's not and i love well like man of steel I, i love henry as superman yeah but in order to wash the stink that all the public has off you, maybe you can't have Henry as Superman. You can't. What you can do is, like I said, bring him back to play Kingdom Come Superman. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Sort of like a prequel type thing of him in his 20s. Yes. Learning the ropes, doing mm-hmm. all this. He doesn't know um, uh, what's-her-face uh, Lois Lane yet. Right. He's just a guy. He's just, just figuring left, out Just left world. Kansas. Yeah. Like he did in Superman 1. Yeah, he had just, dude, I'm telling you, though, that, I mean, you talk about just a beautiful, the master class on a comic book movie, Superman Part 1. Yeah, people still. Um, 1979, I think. Even the Marvel guys make all their new people that are coming in to direct the movie, they make them watch Superman 1. Everybody who wants to be either um, Jor-El has to, has to watch Marlon Brando as Jor-El. And everybody who wants to be Jonathan Kent has to watch Glenn Ford as fucking Jonathan Kent. Hey, how did I do this with 10 minutes of total screen time? Because I'm Glenn fucking Ford and I nailed it. You know, so it's like. I thought that uh, Costner did a great job with what he was did. given. He with did. With what good, he was given. He was, but he's, done, he's, not, he's not as good as Glenn Ford. Well, that's kind of tough. Um, I think it's the tone of the movie, too. It was a different time. Uh, that was the 1960s they were bringing him up in. So it's a more pastel 
type time with much more beautiful colors. And, you know, I think they're gonna have to get back into that too. bring the color palette back. We, oh, need, they are. we need the color palette. They are. I mean, you saw the guardians of the galaxy is really colorful. Yeah. So they're going to, you know, yeah, they, they, they're not going to, it's going to, there's going to be dark tones, I'm sure, but it's going to look like a Superman movie. Yeah. Guardians of the galaxy three, by the way, is going to fucking roll. I believe that it's going to be good, man. I, believe I, that. I know that I, I'm, I, I'm a James Gunn acolyte. I really think that he's really does well. I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was as good as it could have been, but you know why I think that was? They were stepping on his neck and, don't, and, weren't, and weren't letting him do what he wanted to do. He bloomed and blossomed in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and the Suicide Squad and, and, and in the parts that he directed inside uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. You can tell the pieces he directed. They had the comedy, but they also had the high stakes. He's able to do that effortlessly, back and forth. You know, I just hope that they just give us a fucking... Oh gosh, Superman type guy. But yeah. when it comes down to it, he he'll rip freaking heads off or whatever. Superman doesn't really rip heads off, but he could. Well, the thing, the, the, the again, the mistake they made in in the first in Man of Steel, making Zod the villain. Zod is a villain for a later time. Yeah, you know, he's that is when you have. Here's how you do storytelling: you establish Superman as a guy who will not kill. And then he's he has all these opportunities t- to be forced to do it, and he will not do it, and it even costs him things. But then you have Zod, you know, going to kill all these people and stuff, and he doesn't have a choice. That makes that so much more powerful, as opposed. Well, we just met this guy, but now he has to kill. Well, you've not set anything up yet. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to rush to get they to, were to get their own big blockbuster. Just look at all the money Marvel's making. And, yeah. But nobody in the room should have said, they took years to do that. Yeah. It took, it took, like, it took, <laughs> it took starting a decade out as an independent movie. Yes. Like, um, with the genius, Iron, Iron Man was not a big studio movie. No, it was not. It was a small, it's crazy ind- what they were able to do with it. Though. I don't want to call it small, but it was, it was paramount independently funded and yeah. all that. And, and they built up from there. It's just a shame that there's only one John Favreau. Because he could, if they would let him take over Star Wars and Marvel, yeah, I think it would be much better. In much, I better think place. Feige does okay, but I think Feige is too much of a yes man. I think that he, and well, I think, he has to push I, the message. Well, that's the thing, and that's that's what they're trying to do. And they need to know how awful. For one thing, they need to know how assembly line it is, and how much they're not spending time on anything. The CGI looks like shit. Mm-hmm. Looks like complete complete shit. I was watching Infinity War. An Endgame the other day. By the way, I watched them at work, like in between. Uh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful movies. It's two of the greatest popcorn movies ever made. And I'll go on fucking record for that. The CGI was tremendous. Thanos looked great. Looked real. You know, all the fucking other villain guys looked real. She-Hulk looked like shit. And then they have her twerking with Megan the Stallion. It's so stupid. What the fuck are you doing? Everything that's being made right now seems like a... They're doing it as a fuck you to the fans. They're trolling the trolls. Yeah. And it doesn't work because people are tuning out. Exactly. People are tuning out. They're losing their ass. Nobody went and saw Quantum Quantumania. No. No. No, that had a $200 million budget probably. And in order to make money on those movies, you have to make a, almost a billion dollars. Yes. Because after the after uh, marketing and all that stuff, you have to make a billion dollars. And I'm sure, and you know, and I've to. heard that actually parts of it are really good. I've... The guy who plays hey, Kang apparently is Oh, he's great. He's great. Jonathan Majors does he's, a great he's job. Play, he's in the new Creed movie too. Yeah. 
I wonder how that's going to be. I, I, I want to see it because uh, I enjoy the. He, tra- he trains with Drago. Drago Ooh. helps him train. Not Jonathan Majors. He helps. He helps uh, Adonis Creed, Creed train. That's great. They became friends. Like yeah. I I, I want to go back and watch Creed again. Uh, Creed two because I love the parts with. Um, it's on one of the streaming services. I mean, it's so good with Drago. those are good. Drago. I went and watched Rocky four the other day. It still fucking does it for me. Have you like, seen? Ah, he put out a different edition of. It I don't want to see it. That has more fighting and more montage. I don't. I don't know if I want to see that. It's so perfect for me that I don't. I don't want anything to change. I want to see mind. it. I want to see it just to see what he did. Just to see what Fair he enough. did. Let's see where the Creed movies are. <laughs> where are the Creed movies? They're on one of the streaming services for free, or for whatever it is to watch a Creed movie. I think it's Netflix or HBO Max or something like, or Paramount probably, because that's a seems like it should be Paramount. Yes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But Michael B. Jordan actually directed this one. I've heard uh, the critical drinker says that it's uh, solid, workman light, not spectacular, but not terrible. It's kind of what you want out of a boxing. Fair enough. I mean, but did you see um, Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, I heard he showed up to the thing and he's all jacked and stuff. Well. they're filming for the new Roadhouse movie. He's in it. He's Dalton. I thought it was going to be Ronda Rousey. No, it's, they've changed it now. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, she was never going to be Dalton, but she was going to be one of the, one of the bouncers in this weird league of bouncers where everybody knows each other. I don't know, but it's, it's Con- Conor cool McGregor idea. has taken that, taken her spot. Is he going to be a villain? I don't know. McGregor? I don't know, but um, they're filming things like, because in this story, Dalton is a UFC fighter mm-hmm. and he shows up to the weigh-ins and he, he does his way in. He's like, fuck yeah, look at me all jacked. And then uh, before the fight start the other night, they bring out Jake Gyllenhaal and his opponent and they do the Hollywood fight in the middle of the octagon in front of the crowd. <laughs> it's great. You get one take motherfucker and that's yeah. it. And, um, like Jake Gyllenhaal's throwing Hollywood punches and it looks, but apparently the story is he's a UFC fighter and he kills a guy in the ring and the ref tries, or he, he wins the fight, pounds the guy out and the ref tries to pull him off. He shoves the ref off and just keeps pounding him. And um, then he gets kicked out of the UFC and has to become a bouncer. Great, great, great fucking story. I always like my explanation of Roadhouse better. A Zen bouncer roaming the countryside. Yeah, he's a fucking... Writing wrongs. He's, he's a fucking... Um, uh, fucking Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kung Fu, only it's hillbilly. Yeah, I love it. It's fucking stupid. It's its own genre movie. Um, I, I, was, might, I might watch that shit this evening. Yeah, I watched uh, the new house party last night. <sighs> no. It's good. It's what you want out of that type of movie. Really? It's not. It, we're, we're not winning any awards here. I know, but it's as good as the, the first. You're having a good time. I can't remember the first one, so. Dude, I love those movies. But, like, it was. it. You know, remember how like weird comedy movies, not weird comedy, but every comedy movie, the opening credit scene would just sort of have like B-roll, like uh, just filming things yeah. in the set, in the area where they're, where the movie is set mm-hmm. and it have like a, a song playing over it. Like that kind of explains what's going on yeah. in the movie. It had that at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> it enough. It looked like an eighties movie. I'll check it out. It was fun. Yeah. It's uh, we're not going to win any awards. It was stupid. But like the, the original house party wasn't going to win any awards. Yeah. It's, it, it won the best award though. It has, the it's spirit. good and it's entertaining. It has the spirit of the, house are the other guys in it? I don't want to tell you Then I know they're already. In yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> 
kidding player in it. It was so stupid. I enjoyed it. Now, are they? Is this like they're not kidding play sons or okay, anything gotcha. like that? No. Uh, they're they're that would have been the, cool though. Just like a boom. Hey, here we are. Tisha Campbell. She needs to be in it. Ooh. And uh, what about she, Pam and Shireen? Who's Shireen? The the dark girl from the first one. Oh yeah. It was really pretty. There's all kinds of hot chicks in it. I, I love the fact that, like, especially for Cobra Kai, they got all the original people back. It blows my fucking mind. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue was in Chosen? It. You got Chosen? <laughs> yeah. No, and the girl. They got the girl back. Yeah, they got all of them. looks better, yeah. by the way. I don't know about that. No, she was she so aged, hot back in the she day. She aged so well. Oh, she aged great. Chosen didn't better. age so well. <laughs> he looks like he should look. He's I, an I, old I, Asian man. I still remember him from... Uh, better off dead. Oh yeah, and we line up <laughs> on the what a <laughs> pathetic display. I bought, if you haven't I, seen I, Better I Off have, Dead, guys, I've got that on my Amazon. I bought watch, it. go find Better Off Dead wherever you can. It bought it for five dollars digitally. Stupid eighties movie, Savage Steve Holland. It is what we, our movie should be now. And who's in it? John Cusack, um, Savage Steve Holland. Oh, Diane Franklin. Diane Franklin. Mm. Oh, Di- young Diane Franklin. And. Uh, the pedophile that ran Nickelodeon Studios, he's in it too. He's the fat Dan, um, God damn Romer, or Romer, Dan, uh, Schneider. He had a great scene though where he's dancing. Yeah. He pushes her off and he's dancing by himself. It's funny as shit, dude. It really is. <laughs> I know he's a disgusting human being at all. But. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. That was a good. It good, was a good yeah. movie, and this we're having a good episode. And I think it's time to stop because I'm tired. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna, and I still have to go box. Yeah, I'm going to nap it up and uh, watch final round of the Waco annual charity open. Uh, maybe make some food. That's about it. I have a big old PB and J before I go mm. before I go lift. PB and J sounds good. Actually, fuck yes. I don't have blackberry any, jam. I don't have any PB or J. That's the only problem. I'll tell you this though: the um, sunbeam bread. It's good bread. Garbage. It's good bread. No, the I'm a Heiner's guy. Old fashioned. The old fashioned bread is the best. Old fashioned Heiner's. Yes. Yeah, that's what I get uh, for my mom. I like that keto bread too. Uh, it works just fine. It is doesn't. It, isn't it kind of doughy or something? No. It they've they've figured it out now to where it works. It's not perfect. It's a little spongy as opposed to being um, like if you squash it in your hand, it'll slowly come back and get back to its. No, I don't want that. It's fine. (laughs) I want to be able to squeeze it and turn it into a dough ball. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. We're done here. We'll be back next week, probably. Um, Hopefully with a victory under my belt at the Van Man Open at Valley. Probably not, though, but we'll try. Thanks for listening. Fuck off.